0: Hey, I'm Drew, and I'm Tim, and this is the Hearts and Hands podcast. In episode 22, we talk about the what and the how of songwriting, and we talk to Caleb Schmigi to get a sneak preview of his upcoming presentation for Hearts and Hands.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Hearts Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Steinenberg. Drew, how's it going?
0: Pretty good. A little busy here.
1: Uh, we're in the midst of a pastoral vacancy, and
0: at the time of this recording, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so lots of stuff
1: going on, but busy is
0: good. Quite, quite busy, but like you said, busy
1: is good. So this week we had a really good conversation with Caleb Shemigi, who we've had on the podcast before, but we got to preview his Hearts and Hands presentation that he's going to be giving at the upcoming workshops. And his presentation is going to be about his songwriting process and how he picks where he gets finds a source and things like that. So I was wondering, Drew, where do you often find your source or your inspiration for for writing your songs?
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just sort of a... A necessity thing. We use sermon series here at Illumin, and if the the theme of the series is something that there's not really a song that directly speaks to that, then oftentimes we'll write one. But I think that also just kind of encapsulates what I try to write most of my songs about, at least the songs that are right for the use in the church. Um, I try to find a topic that just hasn't really been touched on very directly so a couple examples are like the peace that passes understanding which you know there's there's songs that mention it certainly the children's song i've got the joy 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 down in my heart Um, right but there i i didn't know of any song that was specifically about that phrase the peace that passes understanding or transcends understanding and then i wrote another one about VI am which is this name that God uses for himself and there's a b- bunch of qualities of God that go along with that name and there's plenty of songs that that mention V-I-M. am uh, there's before the throne of God above talks about the great unchangeable I am and in love divine all love excelling it uses that phrase um, but there there wasn't a song that talked specifically about what what that name means. Um, and where that name comes from. So I wanted to write a song about that.
1: How about you, Tim? Yeah, I actually have a very similar process where I want to pick a specific topic or concept and delve into it. I don't necessarily go word for word from scripture, but I want to make sure that all of my my songs are based on different things that people would be familiar with. I want to make sure songs are accessible for people, you know, and that they have they have the op- opportunity to really connect with the lyrics. But like you said, too, these, these songs that we write are generally speaking for congregational singing or participation. I guess mine, with the exception of like when I write songs for camp, those aren't necessarily ones that we're going to have in church, but sure. that's a uh, different purpose. And there, it's, it's kind of fun to do some quirky things when you're writing songs for a, a youth camp, uh-huh. whether it's like a back and forth repetition thing or different parts where you're emphasizing or shouting or weird syncopation, but... That's where the kids get into it over the course of the week, and it's just super fun, like that. I like what you said about accessibility.
0: That's another thing I think about when I'm writing songs, and this has less to do with what I'm writing about and more to do with how I how I choose to say it. Like having lyrics that are very accessible. That if if it's your first time in church or even your fourth or fifth time in church, sometimes there are. Words or phrases that, if you've been in the church your entire life, they make sense to you, or you know where they came from. But they're kind of lost on you if if you didn't grow up in the church. So I try to, as best as I can, avoid things like that. Or at least, if there is a, a phrase or a, a word that I do want to include, that the words around it kind of give you some context and help introduce that idea to you. And just, it, it's tough though because when you're trying to to balance like speaking poetically versus speaking in words that people actually use and understand, there's just a a tough balance to strike there.
1: Yeah. And I think that's an important thing because there are some songs that are mainstream Christian songs that have a certain phrase in it that people don't necessarily get. Like They're great songs, but if people say like, oh, wait, that doesn't really make sense to me, or I thought it was this or that, we want to make sure we're being as clear as possible to proclaiming the message. Sure.
0: And I think in our conversation with Caleb, we had some some more thoughts on on these topics so let's go ahead and get to that
1: today we are joined by one of the presenters of our upcoming hearts and hands workshop caleb schmigi caleb welcome back to the
2: podcast hey guys thanks for having me on again i'm uh, excited to be on the podcast again i've been listening to all the uh all your previous episodes usually on my my bike ride to or from work so uh you've been keeping me uh distracted from the traffic so that's good thanks for listening so, <laughs> no problem. So,
0: as as Tip mentioned, you're presenting at this year's Hearts and Hands. We're excited to have you, and you're talking about writing songs for worship, and you have this tagline of
2: it's uh, inspiration, relation, communication. Uh, it's just to show how it's just to show how much I love rhyming as a songwriter. That's really all it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're very good at. It. <laughs>
0: But uh, we wanted to talk especially today about that inspiration aspect and a quote I've heard from you many times when you've been here for Songwriting Weekend or other things is the best songs let you sing the scriptures. Could you tell us a little bit about where where you got that from and how you kind of apply it in your work?
2: Yeah, for sure. I actually I talked to my mom recently because uh, I knew you were going to ask about that quote, and she's the one I had originally heard it from. And I said, you know, do you know where that quote comes from? And I told her to her, and uh, she said that um, she doesn't even think that's necessarily the quote, but that's what I'm going with because I like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I believe that I believe she heard something like that from uh, it's my her uncle Bruce uh, Bruce Backer. Uh, he actually has some hymns, I believe, in the he the does. current he hymnal does. of our in our church yeah um sorry Bruce but i don't like all of uh, your hymns but i do like you know what he said about the scripture thing but hey it's you know all different types of hymns for different yep. folks yep. you know um anyways but, but what what he says is uh this idea that you know some of the best christian songs are the ones that allow us to to sing the scriptures or um another way that uh maybe you could put it is you know good good hymns and good songs keep the word of god alive um I, and that doesn't mean that Every song necessarily has to be a direct quote or, or a paraphrase of scripture. Um, I think from experience, and even from you know some songs that we probably sung, um, that can become lyrically or metrically difficult, right? To to try to kind of slam a whole paragraph or something, you know, into a song, it doesn't always work uh, when you're trying to write musical poetry or write musical lines. But I think that the general idea is that. As much as we can point people back to Bible passages, Bible truths, uh, and Bible stories, like there's there's something really good about that. Um, it's not, not the only way to write Christian songs. There's not really a right or a wrong way, but uh, I think it's a very good way. It's a good thing to think about: is how are we finding our inspiration? Where are we getting that from? And um, if we can find that from Scripture, uh, that's gonna. If we're you know a part of a Christian church, uh, that's Getting people into the word in the service, if we can get people into the word in songs, um, that's going to be a really helpful thing, too. I think some of the ways I think about it would be, you know, how can I, in writing a new song or new hymn, um, how can I take this new thing, right, and help it draw people back to an old thing, right? That I'm not giving them an idea that's entirely new, uh, but I'm trying to help show it to them in a fresh way. Um, maybe even using the exact same words of a bible passage that they know or uh a bible story that they're familiar with right but uh giving it to them in a in a way that's either sounds fresh or just simply has music connected to it i mean there's I think there's studies that show that memorize, you can memorize something or remember it better um, if it's connected to a song i mean how how often do can we remember song lyrics without ever trying to memorize them, right? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, that's just, that just happens. So.
0: so just playing devil's advocate a little bit here, we just talked to Professor Paustian last week, and he mentioned that in our, our culture today, there's a lot of, you know, you mentioned the word church or Jesus, and it just instantly kind of builds up some walls for some people. So with that in mind, if if your songs are kind of very directly speaking from or about scripture, how can you get around those walls for people?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's a good question. I think you have to ask yourself, like, what's the, what's the purpose of the songs that you write? And I think that, that'll that help direct you know, the way you think about it. I guess the way I think about writing songs is I, I plan to write songs for people who are already Christians. I, I write songs, I guess, for the, for the believing heart. I don't mean to make I don't want that to sound callous or anything that I don't care about people who aren't believers, but um I don't see my the role of the songs that I write as um doing evangelism necessarily or or you know trying to to bring people in. I think you're right though that there is a caution there that you don't want your language to be inaccessible. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think that in some ways I I I think about that in my preaching too. Um, I, I, I think I, I, enjoy being a preacher and also a songwriter. I think there are a lot of like really kind of cool connections you can learn, you know, one from the other a little bit. Uh, but one of the things I think I bring in from preaching is like, I, I don't want to shortchange people on the, the depth and the awesome nature of God's word and the, the amazing things he has to reveal about himself. So like, I, I'm not going to give, uh, an, an overly simple message when I preach, but I hope that I can explain it in a way that seems accessible to anybody. you know, and so that would be the hope right in in writing songs would be to say, how do I take these truths, these deep scriptural truths, these big ideas, and explain them in a way that doesn't sound overly you know dogmatic or things like that. So I mean, part of it is just just word choice, perhaps. but I think the benefit maybe uh, to play. Angels' advocate. I don't know what do they call that. What's the, what's the opposite of devil's advocate? I'm just the advocate or something. Sure. Anyways, to play the regular person sure. to the devil's advocate, I uh, I think that you know if if I'm finding my truths from scripture, right? Not just not from not, not from doctrinal books, but from scripture itself, right? If there were someone who is unfamiliar with the church and things like, I would still want to direct them to God's word because I know that God's word is living and active. I know that faith comes from hearing the message. I know that all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training and righteousness. I like, I know that God's word has power. So, so uh, if I'm going to worry about inac- inaccessibility, uh, I'll, I'll worry about that more from my, how I communicate things and the words that I use. But if I can put people into scripture, like in that way, I feel like I'm putting it, into God's hands, you know, to say, like, hey, let me just direct you away from my personal thoughts, and let me just get you into God's words and God's thoughts as much as I can. And I think that's the thing that, that drives me to try to bring Scripture in as much as possible, because I think, I, you know, if, I, if I'm putting people into God's Word in song or in my sermons, uh, that's something where I could easily put my head on my pillow at night and be very happy <laughs> about how things have gone. So you mentioned making the songs accessible and uh,
1: obviously making the Word of God accessible to people. But the tricky thing when writing songs is you can't necessarily go word for word with what the Bible says. So, how can you stay true to the essence of the
2: message but make the the words fit better lyrically? Mm. That's a that's a good question, Tim. Because yeah, you don't you don't want to be wooden with it. I think I've sung a handful of hymns or songs that have it feels kind of forced, you know, um, or doesn't feel natural. Yeah, I think part of that uh, I think about my personal songwriting process and what I like to do. I like to figure out what is going to be my main theme for my song. What, what's the main thing I want to talk about, and then just trying to kind of flood my my heart and flood my brain with as many connected uh, portions of scripture as possible. So just to kind of saturate my brain with as many of those, I, you know, connected ideas, and then hopefully, you know, like you can weave things without. Maybe you have a part of the passage, right? Uh, at least the way that I read, I like to have like one or uh, we'll call it like a spine or or backbone passage or phrase and that's the big thing that you know I want to draw people to and maybe that has I like to have a few words that are specifically maybe from a bible passage it's nice to have a few and then like well let me give you an example i i wrote a song earlier this year uh we were doing a sermon series on the different i am statements of jesus and one of them was i am the bread of life and so that's not um, we didn't find a lot of songs out there about Jesus as the bread of life. And so it's one of those times where I'm like, well, let's we'll try to write one. Let's just see what comes out, you know. So the uh, the Bible passage goes, uh, it's from John 6. I believe it says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Um, in some ways, that line itself already sounds somewhat poetic. But the way I, I took it was, I'm, uh, the, the words that I put into the song were, I am the bread of life. Follow me, you won't go hungry. Come to me, you won't be thirsty. I can satisfy. So, as much as I like to stick to the words, I also like to add in other phrases that I think help to explain it, I guess, or bring in other scriptural allusions and things. Um, I don't know. For uh, as an example, in that same song, uh, like obviously I had that that main. I am the bread of life. Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. He is the bread of life. And but but bringing in other other scriptural stories and in this way i guess I, this is one of the ways i like to be i usually like to be very clear with my communication you guys know that about me um, i don't like when things are vague but i think sometimes when you can be make allusions and little hints to things that that make people maybe not catch it the first time but a few more times singing through it they start to catch new things where the song it doesn't feel like it's getting old because you keep finding new stuff one of the lines uh, that i put in was Like water drawn from Jacob's well and offered to a soul expelled, the Son of God comes. So connecting this idea that Jesus is saying he's the only one that can satisfy, you know, follow him, you won't go hungry, and then connecting that to the story of Jesus with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. You might not catch that right away, but if you, you know— go to Bible Gateway, whatever, search Jacob's well, it'll come up in a few places. And that's one of them, like, like water drawn from Jacob's well and offered to a soul expelled. Um, if you were to research that a little bit or look into it, then you'd find some extra deeper meaning than maybe what's on the surface. Maybe I, I, I'm getting on a tangent. I don't know if I'm really answering your question, Tim, but those are some of the things that I think about, right? As I'm trying to get trying to get scripture into people's minds and hearts is I, I want to find some clear thing that is pretty closely or directly from scripture. And I love, I love making allusions to stuff, to stories, to passages. I don't feel that it's necessary to to always use the exact words as much as I like doing that. But I like, you know, making, helping people make the connections. Like there's so many awesome connections from different stories in the Bible. And I love helping people connect those things and and say, oh, wow, I I never, I don't know if I saw that connection before as Jesus has the bread of life with you know how God sent manna down from heaven to his people, and in that way God sent from heaven Jesus down to his people to satisfy them and in then in the end, manna saved them from death right from starvation, and that's what Jesus did. He saves us from death and so to make some make some of those connections for people is something that I enjoy doing too
0: yeah, and what what you said also sort of connected to what we were talking with Professor Paston last week in that you're you're taking information that people already know and just Presenting it to them in a different way that makes them ask like, "Why did you do that? Why did you choose to connect those things? Why did you choose to do it in a song? Why did you choose to make the focus of the song be this?" Just taking information that people already know and presenting it to them in
2: a different way just naturally provokes that question. Yeah, well, like think of Jesus teaching; like he did that, didn't I? Mean he. People ask him questions, and and he talks to people, and he he directs them back to the Old Testament. A lot of time talking, a lot of times talking to the Jewish people. Or you look at in the Book of Acts, right? When the early church is getting its start, like so, how often they make connections to Scripture for people to say, like, guys, this isn't something new. Like this is something old, right? This is something um, that's had its foundation in eternity. This is you know we're just connecting into what's already there. And so to say, like, well, Jesus did that. The apostles did that. Uh, We could do it, too. Yeah,
0: it reminds me of one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Mm. And, like, Jesus just says, how foolish you all are. And then it says, like, he explains and basically goes through the entire Old Testament. Like, didn't you see the connections, guys? Like, it was there sitting for you this whole time. But now, now
2: you see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I would have loved to have been there. Um, <laughs> you know, or even just to see like a, a transcript or something of like, man, like if Jesus, if Jesus himself gets to explain to somebody, you know, through Moses and the prophets through the whole Old Testament, right? Like how this was all prophesied and stuff. Oh man, what, you know, like, what stuff did he go to? I would love to know all the connections because he could make a thousand of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that must've been so cool for them. So Caleb, songs are written for a lot of different reasons. People may say it's
1: written to connect to a specific emotion or or to teach a specific truth, if you were to
2: summarize in just one sentence the purpose of writing songs that are scripturally based, what would you say? You know, Tim, I don't like it when people make me only say one sentence because, you know, I like to talk a lot. I was going to say, no (laughs) pressure, (laughs) just one sentence. (laughs) And there's my one sentence. No, I think when I think about songwriting for me, my purpose is to, through song, to connect people to the heart of God. Uh, I think that's always what I'm trying to do, and you know, if I can use God's words to do that, I feel like I'm I can draw as close a connection as possible. That's a great answer. Good answer. <laughs> was that one sentence where there's some? Yeah, uh, it was, was a bit of a run Dependent off, clauses. <laughs> throw a few sem- Throw a few semicolons in there, will be good. So Caleb, we're about out of time for the podcast,
1: but for those who may be interested in hearing more, could you give just a little bit more information about your upcoming presentation?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I don't want to give it all away, but uh, I would say this is a would be a great presentation to come to if you are interested in songwriting, and maybe even if you, you you've done quite a bit of it, and you just like to see how somebody else does it. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about this idea of how do we bring in the scriptures, but also thinking not just from the songwriter's perspective, but from the singer's perspective and the congregation. You know, how do people relate to these truths? And you know, obviously, like how does using scripture help them relate to these truths? And then, you know, how do we How do we communicate that? Am I being clear? Am I saying anything significant that hasn't just already been said before? You know, um, am I saying something deep Uh, and and getting into some of those things and even talking a little bit about uh, what we do melodically, uh, lyrically, in order to think about the relationships we have with the people who will eventually be singing these songs? You know, is this a a song that is simple enough for people to understand, simple enough for people to, to sing and latch on to? Uh, easily. Uh, Those would just be a couple of things that we get to talk about. I'm excited about it. I think it will be really fun um, just to hear other people's perspectives too. And also it'll be fun for me just to kind of try to encapsulate all of the stuff that I've been thinking about for the past few years and into something a little bit more concise.
0: Well, we want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you guys. I really love what you guys do. Keep it up. We want to thank Caleb again for coming on the podcast. We also want to remind all of you, Now is the time to register for Hearts and Hands 2019. Head over to wellscreatives.com slash register. We'd love to see many of you there meet those of you that we haven't met yet, make new connections. Um, We're excited for all of the things that are going to be happening there.
1: And we're always looking for new ideas and inspiration here for people we should talk to and things we should talk about. So if you'd like to reach out to us, you can catch us on social media at Wells Creatives or send us an email at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com.
0: Thank you for all of you who have supported us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. Uh, reminder that you can access uncut interviews for uh, about half of the episodes we've done so far. And again, just thank you so much for your support.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.